Welcome to the Win All Day Everyday Podcast presented by Prairie Hockey Academy. Um, I'm Barrett Kropp. I'm the co-host with Justin Simpkins. Justin is a director at Prairie Hockey Academy and I serve as general manager and I also get the privilege of coaching the U15 prep team uh, that competes in the CSSHL. And uh, we're just into, you know, three months into our podcast and uh, lots of great things have been happening uh, in the hockey world. We just, you know, last week was Thanksgiving and lots of, you know, we're into the the thick part of the season, Justin, and we're really excited about where all of our four teams are going. Yeah, I can't believe we're already past Thanksgiving. It's October. Um, four teams are traveling. We're doing well. It's been it's been an exciting start to our year. It's as our seventh season, Barrett. It's um, man, it's some days it's hard to know that we made it seven seasons and we're we're here, but it, it's a lot of fun. It feels you know it's been a smooth start to the year. We've got a great team. Uh, and uh, the podcast has been a blast as well. And so welcome for our listeners here for our 13th episode. Yeah, this is exciting. We've uh, we've had some brilliant um, guests come on the show, you know, over the last three months now and everything from, you know, Adrian Vlaka with all his work he does out in, in uh, Toronto with uh, some of the greats of the game like Bedard and McDavid and yeah. everyone in between. Um, you know, last week having Melissa Urachi on with all the nutrition stuff now that she's had on two different episodes for us and... Um, the challenge that I threw out last week was just getting ready, getting healthy myself as uh, as a grandpa and having no more excuses. I got to get dialed in. And uh, so that's a journey that I've begun. And so lots of, you know, and even had we've had some great coaches in between too from the junior ranks. And and uh, we're excited today with uh, with our guest that we got on the show today, uh, someone that you've known for a long time and, yeah. and myself as well. And we kind of had to wait for golf season to end, right? There's a, there's <laughs> lots of that in order for, for us to get them in here. Um, had to kind of wait for a rainy day. And uh, this was fantastic. So um, can I introduce him? Yeah, absolutely. Is that okay? Yeah. So I'm excited to, you know, introduce Lauren Mullican. And Lauren, um, we call him Mooner. Lots of people know him as Mooner, Lauren Mullican. Lauren's got a extinguished, uh, not extinguished, sorry, <laughs> a distinguished resume. I uh, apologize uh, from, you know, his time. Uh, coaching here throughout Saskatchewan, started with the Swift Current Indians, went on uh, a lot, numerous years, about 16 seasons in the Western Hockey League. Uh, I think the second second coach ever to hit the 600 win mark in the WHL, over a thousand games coached. Uh, spent some time coaching in the NHL. Um, got to coach Muriel Lemieux. Got to be the head coach of one of the original six franchises in the Chicago Blackhawks. And and then we <laughs> we had the privilege somehow to have Lauren um, join us for five seasons with the Prairie Hockey Academy. And it's been um, an honor to, to say that he's a friend, uh, to be able to coach and to learn from him, to sit on a bus and hear stories. And to have him here today for our listeners to, to talk about some stories and some learnings and some leadership lessons from, from Lauren is a real treat. So Lauren, just want to welcome you to the uh, Weighted Podcast. Thanks, thanks for coming to the studio. Thanks, thanks for having me. Lots of excitement this time of year. Um, you know, NHL camps are are wrapping up, and and the uh, the regular season. Everyone's got their hockey pools all sorted out and who they're going to pick. And there's this kid in Chicago. You know, he he down the road here last year in Regina, but he he's lighted up already and doing a great job with. Uh, with Mr. Bedard, you know, must be something special for you being a former head coach with Chicago to see a young guy like that go in and and uh, stir up a, a, an old uh, franchise. For sure, I think that uh, you know he's he's such a natural talent. Uh, I remember watching him out in Penticton in in the final playoffs uh, um, that the Sports School League has out there, and uh, I think at that time he might have been 14 years old playing. With against seventeen-year-olds, and he was 
he was unbelievable, some of the things that he was doing on the ice. But, uh, you know, we, we heard and watched him play and, and uh, you know, his time that he spent with the Regina Pats uh, obviously was, was pretty special for, for everyone uh, in the Western Hockey League. As we all know, uh, just about every building was sold out after Christmas last year to watch him play. And he's certainly worth the price of admission. And, uh, you know, when Chicago won the lottery, uh, I was a pretty happy camper. I, you know, I mean, their, their franchise and team had struggled for a while. And uh, so the excitement obviously is back in Chicago and he's got off to a good start here in the exhibition season. And uh, I think that uh, he'll do, do a tremendous job there. I, you know, everybody is waiting to see if uh, he's going to be the real thing. But I, I think that he'll prove to everyone that he is exactly that. Yeah, and you've had, you know, you've mentioned both Regina and Chicago. Those are both stops that you've had in your coaching career. But even prior to your, you know, great career as a coach, you had a great career as a player, right? Like you've had a chance to to go through the junior ranks here in Saskatchewan with Swift Current and Lethbridge and, you know, a few other stops, I'm sure, in between. But then, then it was off to, the, you know, the International League, the American League, you know, into the NHL. And, and then transitioning to the coaching world. And so, you know, for a lot of our listeners out there, we all of the, all of the coaching guests that we've had on the show have all had that journey, right? Like Barney up in Humboldt, he went from being an NHL player to a coach that's probably going to coach in the NHL one day to Clemosco being a, a guy that, you know, went had a lot of success as a player and now he's having great success in Battleford as a coach. You were on that same path. You had a great playing career as a goaltender. In fact, you're, you're enshrined in, in a few of those spots in, in their Hall of Fames. And then to make that transition to a coach, can you just talk us through some of those things of the moment you maybe realized, you know, your playing days might be up and, and you're going to pick up the, the clipboard and, and the whistle and start coaching? Well, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a long story. And I, I can remember as a, as a young lad growing up in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, and the Weyburn Red Wings were the only team in the world in, in my eyes, and I was fortunate enough, uh, probably at 12 or 13, to be the stick boy, and uh, the coach at that time was Stan Dunn, who went on to coach the Swift Current Broncos, and uh, um, a few years later, I, I was—I uh, belonged to the Regina Pats, and I got traded over to Swift Current. I believe when I was about 15 years old, and uh, um, you know, and Stan was the coach, and probably that connection from being the stick boy and knowing the family and and different things like that uh, afforded me the opportunity in Swift Current, and it was—it was, it was uh, a lot of fun there. It was a smaller smaller city as we all know and and but we had the great players uh, like Tiger Williams and Terry Ruskowski and Don Laraway and uh, it was 1974 when we lost out to the Regina Pats I believe it was in the semifinals and they went on to win the Memorial Cup that year they had the likes of Dennis Sobchuk and Clark Gillies and Mike Wanchuk and so um, you know and, and a year or two later the team had moved to Leftbridge and uh um, a half a year in there, then I was traded over to the Winnipeg clubs. So that's where I finished out, uh, um, my, my junior days playing. And certainly 
my last year, I'd blown out my knee and and uh, didn't get drafted, but I was afforded the opportunity at that time to to go to the Atlanta Flames training camp. And uh, uh, from there, I went on. That year, I played for the for the famous Philadelphia Firebirds in the old North American Hockey League, and <laughs> it's interesting because that was the league that they made the movie Slapshot from. <laughs> so a lot of the guys that played on our team and played throughout that league were in that movie. <laughs> I was just a year too late, or else I probably would have been in there. But but anyways, it was it was interesting, and uh, um, so from there I ended up. Uh, going to the International League, and and um, uh, Greg Pilling was our coach in Philadelphia, and he went on to coach in Fort Wayne, uh, Indiana, for the Fort Wayne Comets, and I went over, and uh, um, at that time, Vancouver was supplying players there, and so there wasn't enough room for me, uh, so... I was I was dealt over to Saginaw, Michigan, and I played there. And at that time, it was one of Los Angeles Kings farm team, and we had a real good season. And that year, I had signed a, a five year contract with it, with LA, and everything was you know going in the right direction. And uh, and uh, uh, the following year, I played in the American Hockey League uh, on their number one. Uh, team and and uh, so you know we, <clears throat> we bounced around there, but I had a I had a demon or a problem, and which was alcohol. And when I look back um, today, that probably kept me out of the NHL. Hmm. You know, I just wasn't. I didn't have the commitment that I really needed to have, and and certainly uh, it cost me because I got myself into some some trouble off the ice, and um, you know my contract was was null and void, and so I I basically sat out a whole winter, and uh, didn't do anything, and I remember uh, sitting at home and really had nothing, and. Um, Got a phone call from uh, Jimmy Dalavano, who at that time was the assistant general manager of the New York Islanders, and and uh, it's funny because I can remember him saying, "You know, Lauren, we know that you've had a checkered past, but we want to give you another opportunity." Mm-hmm. And um, and I didn't have anything, and I remember going to Kyle's Sporting Goods in Regina at that time. Bill Hickey owned it, and Bill said, "Just go in the store and you pick out whatever goal equipment you want and." Way I went to the New York Islanders training camp, and and um, so that that there was was an, another another opportunity that I didn't want to pass up on, and uh, certainly if people wouldn't or hadn't given me you know a second and third opportunity, I wouldn't be sitting here with you guys today. So hmm. there's lots of people along the way that I'm very thankful for, um, and uh, in, <clears throat> in those years. Um, you know, the Islanders were winning the Stanley Cups. Their number one farm team in, Indianab- in Indianapolis was winning championships. And I ended mm. up playing in Toledo, Ohio for the Toledo Gold Diggers. And we had won the Turner Cup there two out of the three years and, uh, you know, had a, had a tremendous time. I mean, still to this day, I have a lot of friends. Uh, we've had reunions and different things with that team because of the championships. But... Uh, uh, and I was fortunate enough there to just this past year be inducted into the Toledo Hockey Hall of Fame with a lot of players that have played there since the early 50s. And and uh, 
so it's it's it was a real honor to go back and and receive that and and it's something that I'll always be uh, extremely fond fond of. Yeah, I remember seeing that we um, we got to watch the induction video w- with you, Lauren. And that was really special. I mean, there's a lot of great things said about your character and and who you are and and who you were at your time with with Toledo. And it was also pretty neat to just hear them talk about some of uh, you know. You, we just had Chase Coward on the podcast a few episodes ago, and he would talk a little bit about you guys bantering back and forth at the stand-up <laughs> goalie versus the butterfly. And uh, But just even here, some of those save records that you had there and to watch the playoffs, and you guys went to the Turner Cup, and I think there was the big banner, right, hung across the, <laughs> the back end of the of the arena where the, only the Lord saves more than Mooner. And boy, did that give us a good laugh. And, uh, you know, pretty neat to hear them just speak about uh, your character from the yeah, different individuals talk about just it was the Zamboni driver and it was the gate attendant and they would they came and you know spoke a little bit about who who Lauren Malkin was and and I wonder a little bit you know did that did that character piece inside of you develop um after that phone call from Jimmy because episode nine I talked a little bit about how we started Prairie Hockey Academy and I had a man that wrote kind of reached into my life and and I, I called it a bit of a mentorship and whether he knew he was doing that intentionally or not it, we wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for that conversation I had with him um, and I noticed that that was kind of a big turning point in my character and my decision making as well and so just as you talk about Jimmy who wrote a great book called The Road to Hockey Town I mean he uh, gave the Detroit Red Wings a second chance as well in a lot of ways but how what kind of did, did that seed kind of get planted with that phone call from Jimmy? Well, you know, after not playing the game that you grew up playing and the game you loved because of some mistakes that I had made off the ice, I was given another chance, and and I didn't want to let that get away. And so I made the necessary commitments that I had to uh, as a hockey player. Um, I was married young to my wife, Patsy, as we... Uh, are still hanging in there today. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, you know, my whole life changed and and, uh, I had a tremendous group of of men to play hockey with. We had a tremendous leader in our coach, Billy Inglis, who we were just together here, uh, you know, less than a year ago. And it was was awesome to see everyone back for that reunion. But... uh, yeah, I mean it. It was an, another opportunity, and I didn't want it wanted to go, or you know, waste it. And and certainly, uh, uh, like I said, I was very fortunate to play on some really good teams, and and uh, you know, we had some some guys on our team that were just tremendous leaders, and they would do whatever they had to do on the ice, but more importantly, off the ice to help you you know, succeed and, and just little things that they did all the time. And, and, uh, so that, that's what really made that group so special. And, and, uh, you know, we had lots of great players, probably the greatest player that we had in our team was Dirk Graham, who went on to captain the Chicago Blackhawks for years. And, uh, to, to this day, Dirk is a, a pro scout for the San Jose Sharks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and it, it's, uh, you, you cross paths with with so many people that uh, had an influence on you and certainly, uh, uh, you know, going from a player to a coach, um, you know, you I think back to, to, to my coaches, one like we just talked about, Billy Inglis, uh, Lauren Henning, who uh, played his junior hockey out west here in Esteban and 
coached for many, many years at the NHL level. And, uh, you know, so it, it, it goes on and on. And, and uh, um, you know, there's been a lot of real special stops uh, in my coach, coaching career and uh, probably none more than the Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah. And talk about that journey. Like you, you had a great experience and second chances of, you know, as a player and then in that, at that pivot point, moving from being a, a player to stepping into the coaching world with, you know, with Swift Current, first of all, and then into Moose Jaw. But talk about that, that transition and really what it meant to you. You've, you've highlighted right now, just saying like Moose Jaw was a, a real pivotal point in your coaching career, but talk about that. What, did, what does that mean to you? And, and what, what did Moose Jaw mean to you at that point? Well, it's it's interesting because in, I, I still had two years, I believe, left in, in in my playing contract with the Minnesota North Stars, and my one knee was so bad. And and a young fellow that I'd played with in Toledo and in Springfield, um, uh, his name was Scott Housen. There's Scott Housen, and today Scott Housen is the president and CEO of the American Hockey League, and and uh, we were always really, really tight. Scott was a completely different person than I was, and uh, but he was always there to make sure that I didn't get in too much trouble off the ice. <laughs> and uh, but uh, um, I remember sitting down with him and 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 basically saying, you know what, Scott, uh, I think this is going to be it for me. My knee's bugging me, you know, and it's it's pretty painful to play the game anymore. And and uh, so he had helped me, and we, we, we put this resume together, and next thing you know, I was uh, coaching with the Swift Current Indians back in the old Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And uh, um, so it, it – it was good, and then I, I, I got my opportunity to go to the Weyburn Red Wings to coach there, and that was a dream. I mean, that was yeah. uh, growing up. That Your was hometown. yeah. Right. So, but yeah, and and you know, then then I had an opportunity to come to Moose Jaw. Uh, Jerry James, who had coached the Esteban Bruins and the Yorkton Terriers for many years, was hired here in Moose Jaw, and uh, uh, I came with him as his assistant coach. Unfortunately, it didn't. Didn't last very long with with uh, with Jerry, but uh, uh, our governor and president at that time was Barry Webster, um, who everyone in the Moose Jaw area knows yeah, exactly who Barry is, and <laughs> and uh, but uh, and he had hired Greg Quisley to come in to be the head coach and general manager, and and I can remember. Uh, uh, you know, Greg and Barry walking into the coach's office one day and, um, you know, things weren't going very well, you know, attendance wise or financially. And, and, uh, you know, I, that, that previous summer, I think they basically knocked door to door to try to save this franchise. And, uh, and I can remember coming in and, and Greg saying, you know what, Lauren, I, I want you to take over as, as head coach because there's so many other things that I have to focus on. And, and I can remember Barry Webster looking at me and saying, I think we'd lost like 10 games in a row. And he looking right at me and says, now it's your win loss record, whether you're here next year or not. <laughs> so I said, thanks a lot. But you know what? Greg made some, some great trades. Uh, and after Christmas, um, I, I just forget how many points we were out, but I think it was the last game of the year. Um, we scored an overtime goal. I believe it was Paul Dick, a defenseman who's now coaching in the Manitoba Junior League. Yep. And uh, 
and we, we made the playoffs, but the little crush can was packed. I mean, they were standing four deep behind the glass, and it was, it was an unbelie- unbelievable place. The whole, the whole city was, was behind the team, and, and uh, you know, we went on to beat Medicine Hat, and eventually we lost out to Swift Current, and they went on to win the Memorial Cup that year. But that's what made Moose Jaw so special. Mm. I mean, just, just the people the way that the city treated the players, the way that, you know, everybody just rallied around around the franchise. And uh, so it, it, those are memories that I'll never, ever forget. And, and uh, from there, um, you know, it was, it was kind of in between whether I would come back to Moose Jaw or not, and I ended up going, getting, the, getting hired in Saskatoon. And, and uh, again, another... Great place to play. The ownership, the Brodsky family were, were tremendous. They were very supportive, and uh, uh, we had our lot, lots of success in Saskatoon. Yeah. We we lost out both, well, two out of the four years in the seventh game to the Kamloops Blazers, and they went on to win the Memorial Cup. So yeah. lots of great, great memories there, and I was fortunate enough uh, a couple of years ago to get inducted into the Builders Banner there. And, and uh, so, you know what, um, without... You know, second and third opportunities from a lot of people, uh, and and people believing in your ability and 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 great people to work with and tremendous players. Um, you know, I look back on it and I'm very very thankful. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, you you bring up Jerry James, and uh, I just it just dawned on me now that I was probably your stick boy at one point because. <laughs> Uh, when I, I grew up in Estevan, so um, I, I grew up disliking anyone and any team from Weyburn, but uh, <laughs> um, was stick boy with Jerry and, and Dennis Scott was our trainer mm-hmm. and Denzai was a brilliant guy to, to work with. Um, but whenever there was a visiting team that come over from Lloyd or Swift, or whatever, Denzai would always send me over to be the stick boy for the visiting team. And so I'm sure a couple of times when you were with Swift Current there in Estevan that I was filling bottles and, and uh, hauling sticks <laughs> to the bench uh, for you guys. So um, I'll never forget, like Estevan had won the championship the year before with Jerry as head coach. And then when he, he went to Moose Jaw, Estevan was just devastated to see, you know, such a uh, a solid coach and, and mentor to, to leave the, the city there. And so it's kind of cool how it dovetails in with you and, and uh, how you got to experience that time as well. Yeah, it's, there's lots of different things. I remember going to Jerry's house in, in Moose Jaw here for – for uh, for lunch, and his wife Mark, Mark. worked in the office, and and uh, we'd go over and and we'd have our lunch. But I'd look at some of the pictures on the wall and be Jerry playing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, right. and they had leather helmets. And I said, "Well, no wonder you're so crazy." I said, <laughs> you know, but but yeah, no, there's there's lots of lots of stories, and you know, I like I say, um, you know, I worked with a lot of different coaches over the years that I learned uh, a tremendous amount from, and uh, um, you know. When you when you really think about it, it's the coaching and my philosophy was always to try to treat people the right way and and uh, um, you know probably the biggest compliment I ever got from players was you're a player's coach and you know back in the day I really didn't know what that meant mm. but today with everything that's going on in the hockey world um, yeah feels pretty good yeah absolutely who. You know, as you as you think back over that time, whether it was in the Western League with Saskatoon or Regina and the Memorial Cup runs and stuff like that, or in your time in San Jose, Chicago, Pittsburgh, 
Who are some of the real leadership players uh, that and character dudes that you had the, the opportunity to coach and, and, and just, you know, look back on that with, you know, great fondness and, and real blessings? Well, there's, there's a number, Barrett, uh, a number of players that, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to coach. But, uh, you know, even to this day, uh, you know, I'm involved in two group chats, one with ex-Moose Jaw Warriors and one with ex-Saskatoon Blades. And it's quite comical, except when that phone starts beeping and ringing at 2 or, two or 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning, right? But, uh, you know, I, I can remember back, I mean, you know, in, in junior hockey, there was so many of the players that I coached that, you know, that I'm friends with today. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we... I talk about a, a young guy by the name of Scott Reed who played here for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Uh, um, another player was Glenn Gullickson, who's an assistant coach with the Edmonton Oilers right now. And, and uh, I remember Glenn, you know, went on as a, for, to go for a scholarship and he had played an exhibition game or something and was disqualified. But he ended up being traded to Saskatoon from Brandon as an overage and he became our captain there. So... His leadership skills were, were tremendous. I mean, he just, he wasn't a, a great player, but he found a way to get things done, not only on the ice, but off the ice. And the way he supported, you know, his teammates was something that I always, always look back on. And, you know, it, it uh, you know, I can go on and on about different players and, and certainly, you know, uh, a guy like Dirk Graham, who we talked about earlier. I mean, he's another guy that, <clears throat> you know, basically was going to quit playing hockey and two or three years later, you know, he's he's uh, captain of the Chicago Blackhawks right. and, you know, winning Selkie Awards and, you know, just doing a lot of different things. So, but you know what? There's, every, I never, the players were always very, very special. Um, and certainly the, the efforts and the commitment that they put forward is something that I'll always remember. I mean, you, you look at the, the, a lot of the different coaches and leaders that, you know, and, and you know, the guy was fortunate enough to coach with Daryl Sutter in San Jose. And Daryl, you know, I mean, now there's things being said about him in Calgary and so on and so forth. But uh, the one thing about Daryl and, and the whole Sutter family, for that matter, I mean, when you walk through the door at the rink, you come to work. Mm -hmm. You 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 right. put your best, and then business is business. And and uh, but away from the rink, Daryl, he'd give you the shirt off his back. That's just the type of person he was. So. Um, you know, I've, I was fortunate enough to work with a lot of great coaches that helped me along the way and, and, uh, um, and a lot of great players with a lot of, you know, like a lot of leadership, uh, skills and abilities. So, I mean, talk, you obviously spent some time with the San Jose Sharks and, and with Daryl and you, you had a stop for I think one, two seasons with the, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, I was in, in Pittsburgh for one year. One year I, yeah. I coached Eddie Olchuk in Chicago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Eddie, Eddie was at the, at the end of his career. And, and, uh, and you know, sir, I, I remember exactly we were sitting at the, at, uh, at the owner of the team uh, that was well, the Wirtz family who still owned the Chicago Blackhawks, but Mr. Wirtz was still alive. And we were sitting around the boardroom and talking about free agency and different things. And, and, 
And, um, you know, <clears throat> Eddie Olchuk's name came up and I said, let's sign him. Well, I was probably the only one that put, but <laughs> Eddie ended up, you know, getting to finish out his playing career with the Chicago Blackhawks, who, right. who, uh, where he, where it was his hometown and everything. And, yeah. uh, and the next year he had went on to coach the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I had just come to Moose Jaw that at that time with, uh, Curtis Hunt and, uh, I became the general manager and, uh, um, you know, Eddie had called and said, I'd like you to come to Pittsburgh as my assistant. And he said, Craig Patrick, I'll give you a call. And next thing you know, I was off to Nashville to meet with him. And and uh, one thing led to another and uh, ended up in Pittsburgh. And it was, it was an interesting year. I mean, our team had its struggles, but uh, uh, Mario Lemieux had decided that he was going to come come back and try to play again. He, I believe he played about half that year, but right. one of my favorite stories about Mario was part of my responsibility was to work the power play. And being a goalie, <laughs> what do I know about the power play? But, but anyways, uh, that's why I was fortunate to learn from a lot of good coaches. Right. <laughs> but, but I remember Mario saying, Lauren, what did they What did they do on that penalty kill? I said, Mario, I have no idea. I was just watching you, <laughs> so we got a chuckle out of that. But, but he he was a he was a tremendous is a tremendous person and mm. and was a lot of fun to be around and and uh, and uh, but that that year was was pretty rewarding. And then obviously we had drafted Mark Andre Fleury that year, and and Mark was with us for for half the year and, and went on to the world junior and then went back to, to junior. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then that's when I decided to, to, uh, an opportunity came up to, to come back to Saskatoon and coach. And I think it was 12 or 13 years. I was there before, uh, it was time to move on. Right. That's right. Great story about Mario. But I mean, as a young coach for myself, you told me a story a few years back about just, um, you know, sometimes as an assistant coach, your job is to, at the end of practice, maybe do some accessory work or get maybe the the healthy scratches or even the injury um, to, to do some skill development work and different things. And, and you just said sometimes th there was a little bit of that pushback in Pittsburgh with a couple guys that you couldn't get them to maybe do some of the drills or they just weren't interested in some of the extra work. And you... You told me you called Mario over and asked him to do the drill, and they all watched. And next thing you know, they're all lining up waiting to do the drill as well, right? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, you'd always, you, you know, part of being an assistant coach is is, is exactly that. I mean, it's, the game has evolved a lot more today. Right. But, you know, a lot of times after practice, you would work, like you mentioned, Justin, on the skill development and different things. And, and uh and, uh, you know, it, it was interesting. I mean, we had one of our goalies, it was J.S. Aubin, I believe, or J.P. Aubin. And, yeah. and uh, you know, he kind of reminded me myself back in my earlier day, not a great work ethic. And, and I remember putting him through some, some drills in the crease and doing different things. And, and he went in and he's laying on the trainer's table and Mario came over and said, what did you do to him? You know, that type of thing. But it was interesting because um, the year that I was the assistant coach in San Jose, uh, one of our defensemen was Gary Suter, you know, a Hall of Famer and, mm -hmm. in the U.S. And, and uh, Doug Wilson was... Uh, I believe our director of player personnel at that time, and and 
you know, Doug went on to be general manager there for years in the Hall of Fame, played for the Chicago Blackhawks and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, I, I'd sat down and I'd picked his brain and he said to me, you know what, Lauren, what you should, what you should try to do, if you can convince Gary Suter to come and be the first guy in line in those practice drills, you'll find out the rest of the guys will follow right in. And that's exactly what happened. Hmm. So, you know, that's the leadership skill that you talk about in some of the individuals that you coach. And, and I mean, that was, that was the beauty about that. I mean, everybody was on the same page and, you know, it made my job as an assistant coach a lot easier. And sure, it was easy for me to help the goalies or whatever. But, you know, at that time, our two goalies there were Evgeny Nabokov and uh, hmm. Mika Kipasov. Right. And our goalie coach was the great Warren Stralo, who was the goalie coach for the U.S. Olympic team when they won the gold medal way, way back with Herb Brooks. So I just stayed out of the way then. <laughs> right. But, you know, that was part of my responsibility to work with the defensemen. And, and uh, you know, so once you got, you know, a player like Gary Suter on your side, things just seemed to fall into place. And, you know what, it, it, when I first got hired... You know, with Chicago, I went to Chicago as an assistant coach with, with, uh, with Dirk Graham, and things didn't work out, and and uh, I took over on an interim basis as the head coach. But that was very difficult for me because Dirk and I had played minor pro together. We had won championships together, and it didn't work out there. I mean, Dirk obviously was a great captain for the Chicago Blackhawks, and. And I remember we were sitting down in the coaches' room, myself, uh, Dennis Savard, uh, Trent Yanni, and Dirk Graham. And, and, uh, and Bob Murray was our general manager at that time, and he'd walked in, and, and um, he called Dirk outside, and Dirk come back in, was a little bit emotional, and, mm-hmm. you know, hmm. they'd, they'd released him. And next thing you know, I got called outside. So I figured, well... Start packing the, the suitcases, <laughs> and and he said, Mister Wirtz would like you to take over on an interim basis, and uh, I said, I'm not doing nothing until I talk to Dirk. So when I went and talked to Dirk, and and uh, you know, he had said to me, you know what, Mooner? He said, he said, I told those guys to hire you before they hired me, because I was coaching the Edmonton Oilers farm team that time in Hamilton, mm-hmm. and uh, things you know went very well there for us, and and. Uh, so we did that, and, and, and you know, going, our first game was against St. Louis, and we get over, on the flight over to St. Louis, I remember Chris Chelios coming up to me and saying, you know, I'd like to talk to you for a couple of minutes when we get to St. Louis. And I said, okay, fine, and he came over, and, and I mean, he was there for probably an hour, if I remember right, and, yeah. and uh, you know, all he said is, we're, we're here to help you. We, we want you to succeed as a coach. So tap into our knowledge. And we had, you know, the Doug Gilmores, the Chris Chelios, the Tony Amantes, the Alexei Zamnoffs. I mean, we had a, a, a group of players that had been around the NHL for a long time. And sure, you know, and, and they were very supportive. And, and uh, bang, things seemed to go pretty well. And uh, the next thing you know... Um, I think I was sitting in Boston or New Jersey, wherever it was, and longtime coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, his name was Billy Ray. And uh, a lot of the young listeners probably wouldn't know who he is today, but 
back in the original six, he was the coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. And he used to come to every home game and he'd sit up three or four rows behind and, and with his little hat on. And, but Mr. Wirtz would always send a, a limousine to pick him up and bring him to the games and so on and so forth. But, and, uh, so he, he calls me and he said, Lauren, he said, I just left Mr. Wirtz's office. He's going to remove the inter interim tag, and he's going to offer you this much money. But ask for more, he said. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> but I can remember in Chicago, because of you know the traffic and different things, I would go over, if it was late afternoon, and sit with him and his wife and have tea and cookies, and we'd talk about hockey and different things. So I was so fortunate to to sit with so many people throughout my career and mm. talk about a lot of different things. And, and, uh, so, you know, like I said, I was, I was very fortunate very blessed to have some special people in my life. That's great. I mean, that leadership is all about influence and you've been heavily influenced by, you know, stories you've already told us here, um, by some great people, people you've had a chance to coach with or play with and, and against. Um, and as we, as we've seen the game change over the last five, six, seven years in terms of just, you know, some more accountability and some changes in terms of how how culture is starting to shift in sports, not just in hockey. Um, your your journey kind of shifted and and you got involved with, with Prairie Hockey Academy and um, just wanted to kind of pick your brains about, you know, how does a, a guy who, you know, goes to, you know, one of the more successful coaches in the Western League and then into the NHL, you know, coaching guys like Mary Lemieux, go to working with 14-year-old kids in the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. Like, talk about that journey um, and what it's meant for you to be involved at Prairie Hockey Academy. Well, I think, first of all, is friendship. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I remember sitting in, in Mexico and getting a phone call from a friend of mine, Bob Calvert, and uh, God rest his soul, but uh, uh, he said to me, Mooner, he said, my grandson's playing out at Prairie Hockey Academy and they need a coach. I said, Prairie Hockey Academy, what is that? And so he went on to explain that, that you know, Justin had, had started this academy and uh, at that time there was two teams. There was the under 17 and the elite 15, I think it was called at that time. Yeah. And uh, I said, Bob, I got no interest of coaching <laughs> a bunch of 15-year-old kids, right? <laughs> so we had come back from holidays and he kept, you got to come out and just have a look. And have, he said, I'm going to get... Justin Simpkins to give you a call. And and also Lloyd Friesen had mentioned it to me, who's, you mm -hmm. know, taught out there and different yeah. things. Well, he and was coaching the, the it was called Midget Varsity. The, the Midget Varsity was, team. Then. The yeah, team yeah, 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 he was coaching. So anyways, to make a long story short, uh, uh, I talked to Justin on the telephone. And uh, so we had arranged, you know, I would come out and, and, uh, and watch a practice and... Uh, and go to the cafeteria and have our famous lunch and different things like <laughs> lemon that. Lemon cake, luckily. Lemon cake was served that day. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, you know, I had an opportunity. Justin took me in and, and uh, introduced me to the kids. And and uh, I said to Justin, you know what, after talking to Justin and what his vision was and different things like that, and 
because to be real honest with you, Barrett, I think that, you know, I'd coached out in Vancouver and, and that year wasn't a lot of fun. And it kind of left a bit of a bitter t- taste in my mouth. And, but, you know, and then I was, I was away from it for a while, but I missed it. You know, you miss being, in, being around a team. You, you miss being around the hockey environment because to me it's, it's very, very special and it's very sacred. Mm-hmm. And so I said to Justin, I'm going to go home, talk to my wife and see what she says. She said, you know what, you go right ahead. And to this day, it's one of the best things I've ever did hmm. as far as hockey goes because of the way the, the kids are treated, just the whole environment out at Karenport, at Briarcrest, it's, it's, it's incredible. And, and, you know, when I leave there at the end of the day, I feel pretty good about myself. Just being around that environment, that culture, the people that are there, the way they carry themselves, the, the things that they do, not only for the players of PHA, but for all students. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an unbelievable place. And, and so to this day, you know, I, I've enjoyed my time there. I've had lots of fun. I've met lots of great people and created some long-lasting friendships. Yeah, it's been, uh, we've learned a pile, right, Lauren? And I'm so grateful that um, that you said yes to coming out and touring that day. And we, we had a good talk. I remember I remember watching that practice with you and the conversations and, and I even remember introducing you to the to those the players, and I remember afterwards like he's the new coach, and he's the new coach, right, Justin? That guy, that guy. <laughs> why would you even bring him here if he's not? <laughs> just it's like, well, we don't know yet. Um, he's just a friend. <laughs> but uh, it was you know you've 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 played a big significant impact um, and big part of Prairie Hockey Academy's history and its development uh, in your role as you know a head coach, and then you know choosing to. Uh, you, you came to me the next year and said, Justin, I want to coach again, but I actually want, you know, Micah to be the head coach because I want to mentor him. And you, you're really intentional uh, with your choice in that. And, and so I, I know Micah's grateful for that. We're all grateful for that. Um, and you've continued to, to kind of have that, that, that influence um, on, on a lot of guys' lives out there. And so that's been really unique. Even that team, you know, that Elite 15 team that we had that season, it was a 2003 birth year. You know, here we are in Moose Jaw. We've talking lots about the Moose Jaw Warriors. Um, you had a large impact on on a lot of those athletes' lives. And that that team, you know, no doubt from the influence of the, you know, the group of everybody that was working with them, and, and you played no small part in that, a lot of them have gone on some pretty cool careers already. Um, you know, one's in the AHL. I think three of them are playing Division One hockey in the NCAA this year. Atlee Calvert set a record for Moose Jaw born player for the Moose Jaw Warriors to score 43 goals, I think 42 or 43 goals last year in the Western League. And Nathan Aries down in Minnesota, Chase Cowards in Prince Albert. I mean, both those goalies you developed that year, I thought that was neat. Um, I remember both their dads saying, this is great. Our son has never had a coach who was a goalie before. And so that it was, it was big, but that was that, that was that initial team. And, you know, we could continue to count the alumni from Mm -hmm. that uh, forward that you coached too, but. It was a special year, and it's been fun to build on it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I remember, I remember coming to coach. We had, uh, I think it was a showcase or whatever the tournament was called at home. That's right. Yeah, we hosted a tournament. Yeah, we yeah. hosted a tournament, and and we ended up winning the tournament. We scored a goal, and I think I believe it was Atlee Calvert that scored the winning goal in a shootout for us to win the tournament. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, 
that put the fun back in the game for me right there. <laughs> Seeing the looks on those kids' faces and, you know, putting the, getting the banner and different, the kids skating around with it, it was unbelievable <laughs> and something I'll always remember. Now, neat part, Ethan Peters and Allie Calvert were on that team, but Jason Peters and Jeff Calvert happened to be on a team that you coached years pre- previous in as Moostra, well. yeah, for right. sure. Yeah, that's that's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it goes full circle, doesn't it? It was it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, and, and, you know, that's probably the biggest reason, I mean, at least Grandpa Bob is how I ended up out it yeah. at... Uh, at Cairnport and with PHA. So, um, you know, we miss him every day. Um, I know he was a big booster of, of the program. And mm-hmm. yeah. obviously there's a room named after him. I mean, uh, Justin was so so generous in, in you know, building first-class facility out for these, for these kids. And, and the Badgers then, I mean, I remember when, when uh, the whole family came out that day, so... It was it was kind of neat. It's kind of special, and uh, and uh, you know it's uh, it's nice to see Prairie hockey develop into four teams now. I mean, I know that you had a dream as a young guy when you first started it, and uh, you know it's come basically full circle now. And mm-hmm. and uh, it's a real credit to everyone that's involved out there. And I mean, the coaching staff is second to none. The way that they they treat the players, the way they prepare the players, um, you know, it's 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 unbelievable out there the way things are done. I mean, it's done in a real, real first class way. And number one priority is the development of the, those young men, not only as hockey player, but more importantly as a, as a, as people. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's well said. I mean, we're we're sort of coming to the to the end of our our show today um but before we we let you go i'd love to get just kind of maybe three areas of advice um we do a segment of guide and provide that we like to help young parents and and young players and even some young coaches out so when it comes to some advice that you would present to um a young player what what would be some nugget that you would maybe drop on them today to give them sort of that little bit of uh a pep in their step as they're going into the, the beginning of their season? Well, I think the biggest thing, I mean, and I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate enough now to watch my, my granddaughter play hockey in the under nine level, but I watched, I mean, these, these kids when they're, when they're that young, I mean, they, some of them had no idea how to hold a hockey stick or just different things like that. And, but is to always, always believe in yourself always try hard and always have fun at it because that's the important part for me, especially at a young age. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, the more you, the, the harder you try or the more, the more, you know, you, you work at it, the, you're going to, you're going to improve. And I mean, parents, I mean, all parents probably have a dream someday that, their, their son or their daughter is going to go move on to play in the Olympics or the NHL or whatever it may be. But uh, for a young person, it's just to, to enjoy it because being involved with a team and having fun is something that you'll always look back at. Right. And for, for those parents that you alluded to, what, what is some wisdom to help them navigate? You know, their kids maybe made a double-A team 
uh, or, you know, they're at an academy or maybe unfortunately they didn't make the team that they thought they were, their, their son or daughter was going to play on. And now they've had to maybe in their mind, if they're living vicariously through their child, um, you know, they had to settle now playing house hockey or whatever. What is some advice that you'd give to that parent as they sort of guide their, their son or daughter through the sport? I, I think the biggest thing is to listen to their, to their son or daughter. Hmm. Because sometimes it maybe it isn't as enjoyable for them as it is for for you as a parent. So right. listen to to what their heart is saying or what their voice is saying, and try to support them in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And and you know it's 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 all part of of their growth and development, being in a positive environment in an environment that. You know they're learning and and they're they're being creative and those those types of things. But probably to a parent is to listen to 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 your to your young one and and I mean obviously the guidance and support that 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 you give to them as parents is is critical and uh, and always find the positive always always mm-hmm. because nobody likes to get. <laughs> beat up right we would say in the old days you know what i mean you have to find a way to make them feel good about themselves win lose or draw Mm -hmm. and then one last piece of advice um you know we're already looking forward to next year in terms of players that we would want to you know consider and invite to be part of prairie hockey academy as as a, a someone that's been an influencer in the game as a player as a coach, now as a mentor, what advice or like what would you say to someone that's considering Prairie Hockey Academy as an option for their U15, U17, U18, you know, season a year from now? Like if if they're sitting there pondering it and they're on the fence, they're like, well, I just don't know if I, you know, maybe want to stay home or I want to, you know, what what is it to you that you've seen at Prairie Hockey that you would tell that young man or young woman to say, Prairie's a place that you need to be. Well, I mean, over the years, I've I've talked to a number of parents about, you know, being a part of PHA, and and for me, like I said earlier, it's a very special place. One, two, um, the staff is incredible. The kids are number one. I mean, that's that's the number one priority, and 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 you know from the skill development to their their overall development to their off-ice development to the schooling i mean it's second to none and it 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 is a very special place to to be and and hey let's face it 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 costs some money to go there but to me it's 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 the development as as a person as a player and just like i said it's it's a it's 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 a great environment, and the culture out there is is perfect. So I think that that you know, for parents or young people that are thinking about it, obviously, um, you know, they should take a hard, long look at it. And number one, just drive out and have a visit, mm-hmm. see what it's all about, see so you can see it yourself. And and I know you won't be disappointed. Yeah. That's great advice. And that'd be advice I'd actually give to other coaches and other general managers that are coaching junior and other scouts and agents. Like it, to me, one of the things that, that blew me away when, when Justin was, was courting me to come out and be part of the Academy was like you said, Lauren, the people, 
and then the facilities and and having those two stitched together um, it it really is uh, an oasis in the middle of the prairies that is doing some remarkable things you've had a piece in it in terms of your involvement uh, Justin of course you've been the uh, you know the the man that's had the vision behind it and so I just you know it sounds like we're really pumping the tires today on PHA and, and <laughs> it it needs to like I I it's, it's uh, deserving. It, it it's is deserving, deserving when you when you get out and about and you're traveling around and you see other other programs and other cities and different places and some of the things that kids are going through today man they like I I you know as as a recruitment thing I I'd say that like PHA needs student athletes but I think student athletes need PHA like that uh, it without coming out and getting a, a feel for it and, and meeting the people you, you don't understand that statement, but when you do, the lights go on and you're like, ah, really, you know what, The this isn't expensive. It It's actually great value and for the development of my son and daughter. And so I guess if that's our, our tire pumping and, and promotion for PHA today, then so be it because it, it really is a remarkable place. And really thankful, Lauren, that you've taken time out of your schedule to, to be here today. Um, and more importantly, taking time out of your life to invest into Justin and into the program and um, you know, you continue to have influence on people's lives. Obviously, if they're still including you in the Blades and Warriors <laughs> group chats, that uh, it wasn't just about the power play and penalty kill. Um, it was about how you influence lives. And, and so we're thankful that you've taken the time today to, to be part of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think just in closing for any of our listeners too that maybe haven't had the chance to meet Mooner before, um, you know, he, he referenced different things, you know, and Eddie Olchuk calling him to be an assistant coach, Dirk Graham, those relationships, Scott Housen. Uh, and I think what, you know, a big takeaway for me is that just your character matters, right? And your relationships in, in life. And hockey is a really small, you know, example of of that because it's such a small community in so many ways. But it's, um, you know, as you're, if you're a young athlete today or a family member or anything that, we talk lots about character on this podcast. We talk about the development of it. One of our three pillars of the academy is that um, character is a skill, right? Which means that you can develop character just like stick handling or the butterfly um, or stand-up goaltending even. These are these are skills you can develop. And so, but they matter and your relationships matter. And they, they follow you where you go. And my first trip to Penticton for playoffs with, with Mooner, like it took us 30 minutes to get into the arena. Like we couldn't, like I couldn't walk 20 steps without, you know, somebody, Mooner, what are you doing here? And like, you know, and just because we were in this hockey circle with all these scouts and Western Hockey League general managers and things. And because his character and his relationships were uh, valued so greatly, um, you know, people wanted to go out of their way to come across the parking lot to to see him and shake his hand. And so thanks for being a great example of that for our student athletes. I know you come with that message all the time uh, to them about what scouts are looking for. And it's not the fastest skater and the guy that scores the goal. It's the, it's the leadership and the character. And so appreciate you taking the time today, Lauren. I know uh, you, uh, you feel a lot of big shoes, um, right? How, how many years have you and Patsy been married now? Long time. Long time. <laughs> That's right. We, uh, and I mean, beautiful granddaughters. Um, yeah. And I know you, you play a big role in their life and, and uh, in all of ours. So appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today. Real pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Win All Day Every Day podcast presented by Prairie Hockey Academy. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would ask that you follow us on our social media feeds so you can get weekly alerts when we drop a new episode. 
Plus, if you could leave us a comment and a rating so that other listeners can have the opportunity to hear about this podcast, we'd greatly appreciate it. This allows us to grow our awareness of today's show and further episodes. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode, and we look forward to seeing you in the future.